Our third and final activity for the spring championships was Scholar Bowl. Our Scholar Bowl championships were the weekend of May 5th and 6th on the campus of the University of Missouri. And joining me today to talk about the Scholar Bowl championships is Associate Executive Director Stacy Schrader. Jason West, our communication director, and Jennifer Bethman, who is representing our social media side today. Welcome to all of you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. As we talked about in our pre-show for Scholar Bowl, we have six classes of Scholar Bowl, and it has kind of an interesting format. So it's a two-day event. We have classes one, two, and three on Friday, classes four, five, and six on Saturday. The two days run identical, just different classes. We have final fours in all those uh, of those classes, and we end up with six champions out of the weekend. So I'm just going to do a quick rundown of who the champions were. Class one, the championship team is kind of a Scholar Bowl juggernaut, as far as I understand, North Shelby. Class two, Wablo. Class three, Columbia Independent School. Class four, Fairgrove. There's a little bit to talk about out of class four. We'll get to that here in a moment. Class five, Ledoux, Horton, Watkins. And class six, Parkway West. Jason, I'm going to go to you to talk a little bit about kind of interesting statistical tidbits in Scholar Bowl. Well, we, we talked about North Shelby. They've actually won two out of the last three years, but North Shelby is kind of synonymous with, with Scholar Bowl in Missouri. They've one of those perennial people that have been there, but actually 2021 was the first time they had won a championship. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so now they've won it twice in, in the last three years. And uh, we're still at the Final Four last year as well. So they're kind of on the way back, if you will. I guess if you could say they're on their way back. <laughs> but one of the, the neat characteristics of, of Scholar Bowl is, you know, you sometimes you have those successful teams that have one person that's going to answer all of the question. This year we, we had a few teams that actually would fit more of a team where they were, you know, kind of balanced and not necessarily just that one person answering all of the questions. However, we did have a few students that answered a lot of questions. <laughs> Probably the, the person that stood out most from Mexico in Class 5, Camden William, answered 41 questions on his own. And, and that's just the toss-up questions. That doesn't include the bonus questions and, and things like that. But just strictly toss-up to get his team to the bonus round, he answered 41. Whereas a, a young man from Fair Grove, Braden Booth, answered 34 which was fairly remarkable. But actually in class five, there were three students that would have been the most in their class had they been in any other class other than <laughs> with Camdenton. The next highest total was Thomas Nance from Wabalo, who had 25 and beat out one of his teammates for the most <laughs> in the class. So like I said, we, we had some strong teams, not just strong individuals this year. I touched on class four, where Fairgrove was the champion and Houston was the runner-up. As in some of our other activities, there's Scholar Bowl. We talked about, again, in the prep show, Scholar Bowl has different names, Quiz Bowl, Knowledge Master, all those different things. There's also a kind of a national... There's there's a national circuit, if you will, and Fairgrove and Houston both placed. I believe Fairgrove was the national champion, a small school national champion in 2023. Houston being number five, is that correct? I believe so. Yes. And, and the interesting part of that in the prelim round robin, the only loss Fairgrove had was to Houston. 
of all the teams that they played around from around the country, the one team that they lost to was Houston, who they beat in the Michigan Championship. (laughs) Yeah, it was quite the storyline there in Class 4. Interesting. So, Jennifer, Mm -hmm. social media. So, we've got social media coverage on all of our championships and other things. How do we approach social media when it comes to Scholar Bowl? A lot of it is looking at the schedule, trying to just figure out what's happening, when it's happening, where it's happening, and then trying to come up with a game plan. Scholar Bowl is tough. You don't want to walk into a room in the middle of a game. So you got to get in there. And once you're in there, you're there till that till that round is over or they take a break. So we highlight kind of just what, what's going on. The kids the, take pictures of the events as they're going on, try to come up with some fun ideas and, and interesting ways to highlight what's special about them and their events. Stacy, can you remind us about the format? It is not, when we bring it in the Final Four, it's not a semis and a final with Scholar Bowl. Correct. Can you remind us how that Final Four is run? Sure. Four teams come in to state at, in each class. It used to be eight, now it is four, and so they play a complete round robin in the morning. So three games against the other three schools in their class. And based on those win-loss records, and sometimes it goes to point average beyond that, they will be ranked into the championship game or the third place game. There is not a semifinal that they move into because of the full round robin. So I was there and I witnessed a couple of things, one being the protest procedure. Occasionally, someone brings in a, a, a yellow card, I believe, and we have a protest What could you possibly protest in Scholar Bowl? The question, sometimes the answer to the question. We purchase our questions from NAQT. They do a fantastic job on writing their questions. They list what the answer or possible answers, sometimes there are multiple answers that can allow the question to be called correct. But a student may believe that the answer that's listed on the sheet and when they're told their answer that they've given is wrong, if they really believe it's right and they think they can make a case and and show evidence that makes their answer correct, they protest. And it goes through a procedure with the judges in the room first where they discuss and decide if there are grounds to send the protest out. And if they are not in consensus among the three judges in the room, they can protest it out to tournament administration. And then we have tournament administration who considers the question. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned they have to prove. So can they use the Internet? They cannot in the room. They're using their knowledge to protest. On the review of and the ruling on, we do. (laughs) We use any means necessary to try and determine, are they right? Do they have a case? Or no, the answer on the sheet is the only answer we can accept, and here's why. Okay. This came up in a few of the games that we had in in the state championships. It's fairly normal, both during the regular season and in districts and in state. You might have a protest. It's not a a big deal. It's a pretty normal procedure. They avail them of that allowance in the rules. Okay. We also had one team who came to help us with timing and other things. What school was that? Clever. Clever. Showed up. No pun intended. Um, Yes. (laughs) Isn't that neat? They get the first invite just because of that. So Clever's students were there. These are students who understand how these games work helping with with different pieces certainly timing but it's interesting because in some of the tournaments you know it's just 
just the schools we have. In some of our tournaments, we have performers from other schools and in in this particular activity and and actually we have a few others where we'll have school uh, you know volunteers from other schools come in but it's an it's another way to have students be active and participate in the event so jason do you have anything else on this year's championship one kind of note with ladue winning again this year and and i say again they've they've got 10 championships in scholar bowl since 2018 that there's five of them but that's the most (laughs) (laughs) most championships that they have of any sport or activity at ladue okay so they're in a 28 year history of scholar bowl under misha in in total so that 10 out of 28 years is pretty pretty good average it's pretty strong pretty pretty strong and they've kind of got a pattern here so for other schools listening in in class five you're probably okay next year because they won it in 2019 2021 and 2023 so only in odd years only in odd years every other year so 24 may be open for somebody else but i'd be worried in 25 so perhaps Sullivan, Mexico, or Savannah, the other three schools in Class 5. Um, might, might have a shot. They might have their shot next year. Okay. We had, although it doesn't matter in the least in this activity, I did say in a recording of another wrap-up earlier today that the theme of the spring wrap-ups is going to be the weather was awesome. And it doesn't really matter in Scholar Bowl. The whole okay. thing's inside. Mo was at Scholar Bowl. We did. We had Mo. Uh, Mo Babs was at Scholar Bowl. Yeah. And we Babs for we've talked about Babs just a couple of times on the podcast, but we do have a large video board in a trailer that we bring around. And it's just another way that we can especially in an activity like Scholar Bowl that we can highlight the schools and the students who have qualified. We do a screen for each school with information about the team. And just like all of our teams, there is a personality to the teams. We ask fun questions, and that is going to be on their screen. I think we had some questions about movies and superheroes. and This year, I think the theme was your favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. And so that was really interesting. Some of the answers we got some, from some of the qualifying schools. Yes. And then watching them wait and see their <laughs> see their picture come up on the big screen. And, and then they'd get out their phones. And as Craig would say it, they're taking a picture of the picture that they sent us. But uh, <laughs> it's, still, it's still neat to see them get excited about that yes and it makes them feel a little special yeah so well, batman one of the leaders on that i wanted to say it was either batman or or iron man or something yeah well we had a lot of iron mans and spider mans and yeah a lot of marvel and yeah but it's fun yeah it is a lot of fun yeah so that's our wrap-up for scholar bowl it is I would say one of our lower key championships, even though we, we probably, we give out more trophies at Scholar Bowl than most of our other championships. Six yeah. classes is a lot of classes. We have that in football and in basketball. In football, we only have two qualifiers at the final site, so we, we're not going to give out quite that many. Basketball, we do that, but we do it over the course of two weekends and six total days. So to give out that many trophies in two days, and essentially we play more games. Those, those teams are playing four games where everyone else generally is going to just get two so it is like i said it's it's low-key but it's also a celebratory event and we do our best to kind of kick it up a little bit with our social media coverage and and having mo and having babs and and doing some fun things around it anyone have any final thoughts about scholar bowl i do have one final shout out that in the administration of the tournament Stacy has a lot of things on her plate, and I know this is one of her top priorities, but I'd like to give 
a shout out if we could to our scorekeepers mm. this year. The penmanship that they used on their score sheets is immaculate. Very good. I'm and glad to hear that. <laughs> so that was one of the first things I noticed this year that was a positive change that you have obviously implemented was the the penmanship and the time and they neatness that they took. They were required to take a class before they. I came. I, I thought there was an ORR yeah. on that, mm. but that was it was just. <laughs> For a person that has to read a lot of scorebooks throughout the year, that was the first thing I noticed was the how immaculate the, the penmanship was. And it was it awesome. makes a difference. Glad to hear it. Well, and yeah. I would think, too, to add on to that, the moderators, too, in the rooms that I was, was in for those rounds, all of the moderators did a great job, did really well with the questions, explained everything if the kids had questions, and I thought the moderators did, did a really, a really good nice job. job. We have some strong moderators that we've – some new ones, but some that we've used for a long time because they are outstanding at what they do and they, they know the rules, they have the, the right temperament mm -hmm. and pacing and some of the things that you have to have. Pronunciation, it's not an easy job. No. And when the, the kids that you are moderating for know a lot, you have to know a lot too and they do. And they do an absolutely fantastic job. It's not an easy job because many of these tournaments that the moderators are just poor folks like me that they pull out of the volunteer bucket, which I did a few times when I was a high school principal and athletic director, maybe even a teacher. I, I don't know. I did it a few times, and I mm -hmm. thought, ooh, this is not that easy. So we get people at the state championships who really know what they're doing, unlike what I was like. <laughs> I made it through. Everybody's okay. Too. Yeah, yeah. But it, that also elevates the experience because more often than not, they're in a tournament where they've got moderators who are just, you know, people trying to help. And I think those students come in there with with a patience level because they've had to deal with that all season long. Mm -hmm. Usually it's a teacher or a parent who just says, yeah, sure, I'll come in yeah. and, and help for the weekend. And then they figure out, whoa, this is this is really a big deal. More so that I bargained for. Yeah. Yeah, so we kind of get the all-stars at the state championships, yeah. which is appropriate for what we're trying to do. So thanks to all of you for the wrap-up of this year's Scholar Bowl Championships in May at the University of Missouri. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is Dr. Jennifer Ruckstead, the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the Misha All Access podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access podcast or any of the episodes in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us, and we really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.